0: Welcome on in to the JR Sport Brief right here on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey in for JR. He will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, though, Ryan Hickey here with you. Thank you and I appreciate you for making us a part of your Wednesday right here on CBS Sports Radio. So, the very busy show, nothing going on in the world of sports. Pete Carroll fired. Nick Saban retires, shockingly. Just another boring day in the sports world. So thank you for making us a part of your night right here on CBS Sports Radio. When Nick Saban retiring, I think this marks the end for the greatest coach in modern sports history. I don't think there's been a better coach in modern sports. Sports, across all sports, college and pro. I don't think there's been a better, more impressive coach than what we've seen from Nick Saban in his entire run. But just if we boil it down to the Alabama 17-year run he had with the Tide. I think he is the greatest coach in sports history. Obviously, winning is a big part of it. But it's also... What makes it impressive is the constant landscape changes he's had to deal with and fight through where he still came out on top and still found ways to win. Like, we are talking about a guy who won six national titles. Nine national championship game appearances. Since 2008, he won 10 games every single year. And in those 16 years had zero seasons in which the Tide finished outside of the top 10 in the final AP ranking at the end of the year. Think about everything he's had to deal with. Think about the volatility that is college football, where you get guys in there for three or four years, then you're gone. With all the rule changes you have to maneuver through, all the, frankly, BS you have to deal with, On a year-by-year basis, Saban was able to fight through it all and still win at an elite level. How is there a better coach in modern sports history than Saban? Again, what makes it so impressive, and it's not just the winning itself, but it's also how you win. Think about what he's had to deal with that other great coaches. I've seen a lot of Phil Jackson responses to my tweet that I put out at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter um back when talking about this topic of Saban being the best coach in modern sports history. Phil Jackson was a common response. 11 championships. Look, I'm not taking anything away from Phil Jackson's 11 titles. Very impressive. But he, I think, had it easier having Michael Jordan for six, Kobe and Shaq for five, Than what Saban's had to do. You can't just hold on to Derrick Henry or Mark Ingram or Tua Tungavailoa or Bryce Young. You can't hold on to them for five years, seven years, 10 years, and just say, I'm good at quarterback. It's not Bill Belichick having Tom Brady for 20 years by your side. You're constantly adjusting, you're constantly replacing. You're constantly changing the way you play the the, the game. Think about it. When Saban won his first national championship back in 09 with Greg McElroy and Mark Ingram, that was a team that was predominantly run the ball down your throat, play great defense. They were physically imposing, but they won playing a physical style of football. Then all of a sudden, a few years later, college football changed. Johnny Manziel came in. All of a sudden, Ole Miss beat Alabama two years in a row. The spread offense, mobile quarterbacks, now all of a sudden was how college football games were being played and how teams were winning games. So what did Saban do? After winning multiple championships by just bludgeoning teams to death, running the ball, playing, you know, we'll say more conservative on offense, he decided, you know what? I got to change because we can't win the way we were winning. We won three national titles, winning a certain way. We got to change, though, so we can still be relevant and still win these games. He flipped the team upside down, became more of a spread offense sort of, you know, spread offense team. You recruit Jalen Hurts, you start recruiting Tua Tungavad Loa, you start recruiting now tremendous wide receivers and defensive backs. He changed the way alone, the style of play, how he had to win, and did it seamlessly. There was no down year for Alabama. Again, they won 10 games at least every year since 2008. So on the fly, he's rebuilding how Alabama is winning games, changing their style completely, and still winning titles doing so. Then when the transfer portal comes in, NIL comes in, COVID now comes in for one year. What happens? Figures it out. Adjusts and continues to win at a high level. Played in the toughest conference in the league, in the SEC. Scheduled tough conference, uh, or should say tough non-conference games to start the season. Wasn't afraid of competition. He did it all. That's me. Make Saban with everything, not just the winning, but everything else he had to deal with. Outside of just the the white lines between, again, changes to the game, the NCAA's incompetence, everything he dealt with and everything he took in stride and still never let Alabama dip even for one year. There's a lot of successful coaches across all sports in modern history. I would argue none of them had to deal with as much BS as Saban did. That's why for me, Phil's got more rings. Cool, I think the path was harder for Saban. I'll take Saban over Phil Jackson in terms of being the greatest coach in modern sports history. So that's what college football is losing. College football is losing the greatest coach in their sport, and I think losing the greatest coach in all the sports. That's number one. But with this retirement, that leads me to number two. The Alabama dynasty is dead. It's over. We can now officially say on January 10th, 2024, the Alabama dynasty is over. We can dig the ditch. We can make the coffin. We can lower it into the ground and cover it with dirt. It is over. Started in 2000. We'll say in 2009. I know, Oh, wait. They had a really good year um, and lost to Florida. But 09, we'll say when they won their first national titles where that dynasty started and has come to an end today, January 10th, 2024. Nick Saban was the dynasty. I was someone who never wrote off Alabama because Saban was there. There could be doubts, and I could have doubts about a single year. Like, for example, this year I thought they were going to be bad. For like Saban level bad, 9-3. I did not really expect the uh, Crimson Tide with all the questions they had and and losing early in the season to run the table, beat Georgia, make the playoff. Never thought it was a possibility. I thought they finished with three or four losses. Yet here they are making the playoff and competing for a national title. There is no coach, I think, that's going to step in and continue the level of excellence that Saban has produced. Six titles, nine championship game appearances in 15 years. Who's coming in and continuing that? What coach are you hiring that's going to continue that elite level of success? The answer is nobody. There's not one coach you can name in college, in the pros, that will come in and pick up where Nick Saban left off and keep the train rolling. It ain't happening. You can win a national title, yes. Dynasty, no. No. The dynasty ends today with the retirement of Nick Saban because he was obviously the biggest cog in the wheel to get that dynasty rolling. But I also think not just the Alabama dynasty is dying. I think college football dynasties are dead. I don't think we're going to see another Alabama run again in the sport. The rules now are created to eliminate that. NIL and the transfer portal adjustments They were created to promote parity. They were created to knock down and prevent another Alabama dynasty from forming. College football for a long time was very predictable. Saban was a big reason for that. And now, I don't think it's a coincidence that the last two years we have seen college football be its most wide open. It's been in a while. The rules are changing to spread talent out, and it's working. And so, even though Georgia, right, has won two out of the last three national titles, and they're not going anywhere anytime soon, can I see Kirby Smart winning six national titles and going to fifth? Uh, excuse me, nine championship games in a 15-year span? I can't. Can Dabo get back on the horse? No. Can Ohio State, who's always in the mix, can they break through and go on a Saban-like run? No. I don't think we're going to see another dynasty in college football now that the Alabama dynasty has officially come to an end. We will never see another historic run of dominance the way we saw the tide run through college football since 2009. It's not happening. And I think that's a good thing for the sport, but it's also reality. This was the greatest coach in college football. He is gone. There is no replacing him and no keeping the the train rolling. So there's a a lot to unpack, but that just also should highlight the impact of Nick Saban and how this one decision to retire sends ripples, I mean, across the ocean in terms of how big of a, a move this is. The college football landscape has changed with the removal of one guy. It is extremely... Hard to do that, but that's what Saban has built, and now that's what he's leaving behind with his uh, decision to retire. Alabama dynasty is dead, and I don't think we're going to see another dynasty um, in college football again. So I'm curious your thoughts there at 855 212 855 212 Nick Saban retires. What is your reaction? And who is the best right now replacement? For Saban, for Alabama here in 2024 and beyond. David is calling from Dallas. What up, David? Hey Ryan. Uh, One thing that you pointed out, I think it's. I'm
1: sorry, I think it's kind of contradictory. Okay. About with Saban, you're talking about the um, rules are made to you know stop the dynasties. College football has always been set up for dynasties. So really, what he did, I think his greatest accomplishment was he was able to tell all those boosters to shut up and just. And just give me your money, and let me do my thing. That that was his greatest accomplishment. You know, the, a lot of these boosters, if you can imagine, having twenty, thirty David Teppers to deal with, that was his accomplishment. But I, I'm sorry, I I I just college football is always set up to build dynasties. Who who gets the number one recruiting class usually? The top teams. I mean, you know, it takes a while. There has to be a lot of attrition, the assistant coaches. Right, you also have to players. build
0: it up, David, to get to that point and sustain it to get to that point like we've seen dynasties Miami oh you know we've seen uh Nebraska right we we've seen a lot of USC why haven't any of those dynasties lasted even a third as long as Nick Saban's has
1: okay i can tell you one thing is because the NCAA getting involved and i don't think they've overlooked Alabama firstly i just think they have i don't think there's any way Alabama could have done a perfectly
0: squeaky clean. I just don't believe it. You think the All NCAA the down, just what just just ignored Alabama for a team that's always in the national title game? You think that they just, just overlooked them and are picking on Michigan instead, picking on other schools instead, and just bypassing Alabama for what reason?
1: Well, I think one thing is it's because the SEC loves Alabama and because of its saving. I, I'm just saying I think that they they want to look as hard as they could have in other things you know there was little things here and there but nothing ever really came out after a while though let's face it Hickey once you get rolling your school recruits itself you're turning people away so I'm gonna give the guy credit but to me if you want to talk about the greatest coach as well I was mainly calling about it's Belichick he had a salary cap he's picking 32 every year
0: he yeah, also had the greatest quarterback on the your team period of time. It's impressive, Don't get me wrong, David. But again, and I appreciate the call, but part of the reason why I put him over Belichick is you win the same amount of titles. I mean, Saban has 74 to include the LSU title, but just Alabama for a second here. They have equal amount of titles. One guy had the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL and Tom Brady. The other guy had what? He won six titles with, I think, five different quarterbacks. I got to do the exact math here, maybe off on that. Um, But at least off the top of my head, that sounds about right. You are constantly churning. You, like, that's, to me, again, what's being overlooked here. Your team changes on a year-by-year basis. Even if you get a guy to stay for four years, you're rebuilding then after that. And now it's back to ground zero. And I'm sorry, I just, like, if you want to tell me that college football is built for dynasties and it's not that hard, why have not more teams done it? And how come no one has done it as long as they've been? Why does no one else have seven national titles but one guy? Why has no one else won at the level Nick Saban has won? Why did Tom Osborne, will say in this specific scenario, only win three? Why did the U win, was it two? Right in the, in the 70s, two in the 90s. How come they couldn't sustain their dynasty? Why did USC and Pete Carroll only win two? You want to talk about college football being built for dynasties and, and why that's not impressive, but what Nick Saban has done? He has done it three times as long as any other dynasty in the modern era you want to talk about. Why has no one else done that? Why is no other program or coach had the sustained level of excellence the way Saban has? The reason is it's because it's freaking hard, it's impossible. There is no other Nick Saban. There's no other comp before him or after him. He's one of one. And it goes back to just, I don't know why there is not like a universal appreciation and respect for what he's done. How can we just now look back on this Alabama dynasty and now look at it as one of the greatest things we've ever seen? You don't have to be an Alabama fan to acknowledge that I am not an Alabama fan. I have no reason to pump Nick Saban's tires. He doesn't need me to do it. But this stupidity of oh well, college football—it's easy to build a dynasty, and he's not—you know—he's overrated and all this other stuff. And the NCAA is, is just ignored Alabama and is picked on other programs. If that's what we're talking about, there's no real good answer. And you're just a hater for whatever reason. Maybe you're a Georgia fan. Maybe you're an Auburn fan. Maybe you're a, a, a team that lost to Saban in the national title game and you're frustrated or you just want to see them lose and you don't want dynasties in college football. You can be a hater. I'm a hater, I like to think. I'm not going to deny that. But you also got to be a realist and acknowledge when someone earns respect, you got to give it to them. I didn't think I'd have to say this on the radio. Nick Saban has earned every single ounce of respect you could possibly give to a coach. I have no reason to think he cheated. There's been no scandal. And all he's done each and every year is win, 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 win. A down year is 10 and 2. Tell me another coach that has a down year at 10 and 2 and people are freaking out. There is none. The standard he created, built, sustained is one we will never see again. 855 212 4227. Social media. Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Is the Alabama dynasty over? Is it dead now that Nick Saban has retired? And who's the best fit to replace Saban at Alabama? I'll give you my answer when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio reacting to the shocking news we got a few hours ago, Alabama head coach Nick Saban has retired. I'll give you my thoughts on who should replace him here in a second. But part of why this news is so shocking, number one, I thought Saban was a guy who was a football lifer that he wouldn't, like he'd basically be working in his grave and w- would have not enjoy being retired with nothing to do. He never seemed like someone who had any other hobbies. So I'm very interested to see what his next move is. We actually will discuss that in a little bit later on. I have the perfect job for Saban um, as well, not coaching. Um, but that's number one. I just didn't think that he'd have any desire to retire. That fire never never wilted. He was very motivated in 2023 as he was in 2000. But also the other reason is, I mean, he just spoke about his future last week on Pat McAfee's show. He's a guest on Pat every single week. And last week, Pat asked him all these rumors about Saban retiring. Why do you think they keep coming up? Here's Saban's answer.
2: Because I'm getting old, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you look good, though, Coach. You look good.
2: Look, I, I, I ask everybody that asks me that question, you know, are you going to be here for four years? You know, some player players ask me, you know, when you are going to retire? I look at them and say, well, can you guarantee me that you're going to be here for four years? And they look at me like. You know, hell no, I'm not making it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, get a better deal someplace else. So, uh, and I just think it's the way of the world now.
0: So, I mean, I guess in hindsight, looking back, you could say, well, Ryan, he, he never said no about retirement and never answered the question. But he's joking about he's old, but he's still got the five. Like, I saw that and said, he's back. There, there was not a, a doubt in my mind that he would retire at any point within the the next five years. Yet here we are. But now that he's retired, here are the names that I think, um, or here's the name, I should say, that I think would be the perfect replacement for Nick Saban. It's Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning, I think, is the perfect guy to come in and fill the shoes of Nick Saban for a few reasons. Number one, he has experience at Alabama. GA there in 2015. So at least for one year, was able to be under Nick Saban, understand what Alabama's uh, all about. Then for four years, he was with Kirby Smart, coached under him at Georgia, was the D.C. in 2021 when they won their first national championship. So he knows the SEC, knows the recruiting area, did a really good job. Um, Obviously, at Georgia, built an insanely ferocious defense. Um, So knows what it takes to win a championship. Very familiar with the SEC and the rigors and the expectations. Goes out to Oregon. I think he built the Oregon Ducks in in the eye of an SEC team. Big on the lines. Did a great job on the transfer portal. Managed NIL, I thought, perfectly. Even though he's a defensive-minded coach, he is super aggressive on offense. Like That's a guy that's going to go for it every single time. In his own end, doesn't matter. He'll go for it. He has confidence in his players. Did a great job in developing Bo Nix to be one of the best quarterbacks in college football the last two years when he was inconsistent at best at Auburn for three. So he, I think for me, if you're Alabama, checks every single box you could possibly be looking to check to replace Nick Saban. Number one on the list has to be Dan Lanning at Oregon. A few coaches I would not hire. If I was Alabama, Dabo Sweeney, I don't think Dabo Sweeney is a good fit for this team. Number one, I think the game has passed him by. I don't think he's adjusted right now to the current stressors in college football that make you know building a winning team difficult. He's not adjusted very well. He's not been open arms to NIL in the transfer portal. He's not done a very good job at hiring coordinators. He's not done a very good job at developing players as well. And I just think for me, at this point, the game has passed Dabo by where I don't think if you're Alabama, even though he is right one of your own as a former player, I don't think at this stage in his career that's a good gamble to make in bringing Dabo in to replace Nick Saban. But also, if you're Dabo on the other end of the uh, spectrum, why would you want to replace Saban? Look what happened to Jimbo Fisher. His legacy, despite winning a national title at Florida State, took a hit, I would say a big-time hit, because of his failures at AM. I don't think Dabo would be as bad at Bama as Fisher was with the Aggies. But nonetheless, if you are going eight and four, not putting Alabama in national title contention, you're going to get fired pretty fast. And people, fair or not, are going to start to forget about the two national titles you won, and your legacy is going to take a hit uh, because of what you do with Alabama. So I don't think if you're Dabo, You want to put yourself in that position following a legend. I know it's your alma mater, but still, I think staying at Clemson in an easier ACC is your best bet with an expanded playoff versus taking over Alabama and having the impossible task of trying to live up to what Nick Saban was able to accomplish for a few years. I would not hire Dabo. I would not hire Lane Kiffin. Kiffin is a guy that is fun, That is obviously has Alabama roots, he, though, can't win the big game. That's a guy that in the biggest moments has been unable to truly get his team prepared and, and win the toughest games on his schedule. He's done a great job at all Miss, but as we know, Alabama's a different different animal. And even though he was there and it, I think understands that, it's still different when you're in the big boy chair. And so, Kiffin, I just wouldn't trust if I was Alabama to take over and at, at least bare minimum, keep this team... In a national title conversation year after year, Kiffin is not a guy I would hire. For me, Dan Lanning absolutely is number one on this list. Number two, I would go Kalen DeBoer from Washington. All the guy does is win. I don't care that he has zero ties to Alabama, I don't care that he has zero ties to the SEC. The guy wins everywhere he's gone NAIA, Fresno State, now Washington, doesn't matter. All the guy knows how to do is win and churn out elite offenses. I would absolutely take a gamble on a guy that knows how to win and win often, no matter where he is. I would absolutely bring him to town and give him the task and feel comfortable, at least in the task, of having him fill the Nick Saban shoes. So a lot of names are being thrown out there. Two names I like, Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer. Two names I don't like, Dabo Sweeney. Lane Kiffin. 855 212 Greg is calling from Louisiana. What up, Greg?
3: Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, look, uh, fighting LSU Tiger here. Uh, obviously, oh, so congratulations. It's a great day for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> great day for the entire SEC, right? That's but, true. Um, look, uh, as LSU Tiger, obviously they're Alabama's rival, the biggest game of the year. You always look forward to the LSU-Alabama. Uh, but... You gotta acknowledge that Sabin, uh, the one title he had with Ellisville Force and then the rest he had with Alabama. He's the greatest college coach of all time. And as a rival, I, I give him, I give him those props. Also, but when you, when you follow the timeline of the strength of the SEC, it's all Sabin. I mean, you could say the SEC has been dominant, but it's really been saving that's been dominant. And so SEC is saving. And, uh, he forced all the other schools like LSU and Georgia to get better in order to compete with him. And so we credit, L- we got to credit saving for that. Uh, but I think the best replacement for him to keep the program currently where it's at and to build on it, I believe is Davo Sweeney. And I believe that because he's a proven coach. Uh, he understands how to win championships. Uh, I know he doesn't agree with the NIL and the collective, but guess what Alabama does? And Alabama already has the collectives in place and all the NIL in place, so he really has no choice. But I think to keep the the program where it's at, you go with Dabo Sweeney just to keep it where it's at and to uh, keep it going forward. Anybody else, I think you run a risk of Alabama going back to mediocrity.
0: I appreciate the call, Greg. And again, congratulations. And Lisa, as an LSU fan, that now the SEC is more, a little bit more open. is obviously still a big-time roadblock, but a little bit more open now with Nick Saban leaving town. One thing, I mean, I just gave my thoughts about why I would not trust Dabo. But another thing outside of NIL that I would not feel comfortable with if I was Alabama with Dabo is this. He has shown now the last few years when things have not gone his way, He's someone who deflects blame. He's someone who points the finger at everybody else. That's the reason. You're the reason. This is the reason. That's the reason why we lost or having a down year. Not me. I mean, that epic rant that produced, what um, was that, a 10 minute rant from Dabo and trying to basically go through his entire resume, thanks to the call from Tyler and Spartanburg on like a, a call in fan show during the season, was all about. And I thought personally, in that, situation, Tyler from Spartanburg criticizing Dabo Sweeney was in the right. The program has not been at the same elite level for the last few years, not one year, for the last few years, and there's Dabo instead of saying, you know what, you're right. We are not very good. We have fallen off. We gotta be better. We gotta coach better. We gotta develop better. We gotta execute better. Instead, it's a 10-minute diatribe about all he's done and all this stuff and how great he is, where it comes to be without him, blah, 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 blah. There was no acceptance. You know who accepts blame and takes sole responsibility? Nick Saban. He also does a call-in show. Maybe we'll get the audio before we leave here. I'll try to see if I can find it. But he got a call after the Texas loss from Pee Wee in Alabama talking about, you know, the struggles. And you know and Nick Saban said? You know what, Pee Wee? You're right. We can't block. We can't run the ball. We can't throw a pass. We turn the ball over too much. We're killing ourselves with penalties. What else you got, Pee Wee? He completely acknowledged everything that was going wrong with Alabama. And guess what? Took ownership of it to where in September, things looked dire for the program. Looked like it was going to be like an 7 bad season when they went 7-6. and six, And instead, it ended in the College Football Playoff. So yes, Dabo has won championships and took Clemson to where they could not win the big game to where they were consistently winning the big game for a few years. He did a great job in elevating that program. But now the last few years, they have come down. Since Trevor Lawrence has left, they have not developed quarterback. They have not developed other positions, and they've not taken accountability. that's a big reason why I think while they're still good, the Tigers are nowhere near that elite level, that championship level that they were at for about four or five years. And if you're Alabama, I think it's a big risk of hiring Dabo thinking he'll get back to the 2016 version of himself when in the last few years with things changing – He has dragged his feet. He's blamed others and has not been anywhere close. In a weak ACC, by the way. Not the SEC. You're in the ACC where the competition is is way easier. Your strength of schedule is way lower. Yet, still Clemson's there missing the playoff and, and struggling against bad teams. I wouldn't do it if I was Alabama. I would steer clear... from the Dabo Sweeney Sweeney choice. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. Who in your mind is the best coach that could come in and replace Nick Saban? And also, is the Alabama dynasty? Is it dead? Is it over in your mind now that Nick Saban has retired? 855-212-4227. Also, when we return here to finish up the show, Saban is retiring from coaching, but I don't think he's someone that's going to just sit back by the dock and and watch the the rest of his life go by. He's going to be busy. I have the perfect job for Nick Saban on on what he can do, and I think he'd be pretty damn good at it. tell you what it is when we do return. Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on this Wednesday. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR on CBS Sports Radio as – A reminder, thank O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, so here, now that Nick Saban is retiring from coaching, I don't think he's going to be sitting around and letting, or I guess, watching the rest of his life go by. That's someone who I feel like he needs to be busy. With that said, The perfect job for Nick Saban going forward is this. College football commissioner. Overseeing the entire sport. That is a position that, number one, college football desperately needs. There is no organization because there's no leadership. Every school and every conference is out for themselves. There is no reason to think about the greater good of the sport. It's sad, but it's true. That's part of the reason why so much conference realignment happened. It was every man for themselves, every conference for themselves. There's no unification. And so if you are able to create a president, commissioner for the entire sport, you can, number one, bring unity for the entire, at least we'll say power five. Because I think that's also what we're going to need. We're going to have to have a breakaway some point soon. Power five. You have a power five college football commissioner. Nick Saban is perfect for that job. Number one, that's a guy that's well-respected. Very well-respected, right? And no one... Who is standing up to Nick Saban and saying, no, I'm not listening to what you're saying? No one is. He'll command respect, and he is has big enough clout to earn respect immediately. That's number one. Number two... He is a guy that truly does look out for what's best in college football. He has been a guy that constantly has been talking about scheduling, has talked about, you know, the gap between Alabama and Kent State and has talked about, you know, how it's just ridiculous and unfair like that these are in the, they're being governed by the same rules. Like he has talked at length a bunch of times about just overarching general college football philosophies that would better the sport. And so I think he already has ideas on how to make college football better. And a lot of his ideas were honestly at the peril of Alabama. And he talked about scheduling harder and that the reason why he doesn't do it is because it doesn't make sense, but he wants to do it if everyone else is on board. He wants to play big games. He doesn't want to play these buy games against Tennessee Chattanooga where it's 63 nothing at halftime. So I think he has what's best for the sport at heart. He has good ideas. He commands respect. He is organized. I think he checks every box. And it's, by the way, a position college football desperately needs. So I I don't know who has to initiate that. If it's college football, if it's the NCAA, if it's Saban himself going up and making the pitch himself, whoever has to make the ball roll first, do it. That is the perfect position for Saban and a great thing for the overall direction of college football now going forward. That is, I hope, what Nick Saban does eventually end up doing um, at some point soon to end his retirement. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. We talked a lot of Saban tonight. One of the discussion points we had was The Alabama dynasty is dead. But not for me, just the dynasty itself is dead at Alabama. I don't think we're going to see another dynasty pop up going forward. There are too many rules now in place to promote parity where I don't think we're ever going to see another team go on a run of dominance the way the Tide did for 15 years. Six national titles, nine championship game appearances, nine SEC titles. They ran the conference. They ran the sport. We will never see that from another program again. So not just the Alabama dynasty is over, but because NIL, because of the transfer portal, the spreading out of talent, 12 team playoff, we won't see another dynasty pop up in college football again. Marshall's calling from Milwaukee with some thoughts on that. What up, Marsh? Good evening,
2: Ryan. Uh, thank you for your, your commentary tonight. Uh, I haven't heard the entire show, but I agree with a lot of it. Uh, I, I say I'm one guy that says never to, never to anything. However, I do agree with you. It will be much more difficult. And I thought about this a little uh that I think maybe like college basketball, my big love has become is more, if you can do it back to back, that is saying something these days. Um I think college football may turn into that, like what Georgia did here the last couple of years. I mean, you Alabama fans, I hope you appreciate Nick a lot. I hope that that all of us do because I'm a North Carolina, Wisconsin fan, uh, Brian. And I don't, well, we have all the basketball championships, and I could go on and on about that. I've been through the sadness they've been with Dean Smith and Roy Williams. I'm in my 60s, so I'm a little older here. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, I haven't had one football national championship. Uh, I witnessed a game in 1981, Clemson, North Carolina. That was the Danny Ford era, Clemson, Fridge Perry. We lost 10-8, to eight, one of the greatest games I've ever seen. And Clemson ended up going to the Orange Bowl and winning it all in those days. It was a different system, but my heart was broken bad that day, even though I appreciate that game more. So, you know, for him to do it six times, I mean, some of the detractors you've had on tonight, come on. He, yeah, he's a great coach, and he's won everywhere, including at Toledo back in 1990. Let's not forget nice that pull. Michigan State in the 90s. I remember some of us. It, he's he's a great coach, and I like your idea, Ryan, as a commissioner. I, I I think college basketball needs a commissioner. This conference realignment, some of this NIL, it's out of hand. I'm I'm a little like Dabo Sweeney. I'm more of a traditionalist, but 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 it feels like a wild wild west mentality that. While we can't get rid of all of this, we have to get it managed better and get it under some control and some standards put on it.
0: You're right, Marshall. Hey, if you miss any part of the show, Hick at Night podcast, night spelled N I T E, that's where you can catch up on the entire show. Appreciate you listening. That's for anyone, by the way. Maybe has joined us a little bit later on. N I T E Hick at Night. That is the pod to find. Bill is calling from Michigan. What up, Bill?
2: Hey, good evening, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I agree 100% with uh, Nick Saban uh, being a, uh, the college commissioner. It, it definitely it definitely needs to be done. Uh, but going back to earlier when you are talking about uh, uh, new coaches for them, um, I agree possibly with Lanning or uh, the guy from Washington, but if I was a betting man on an outside pick, he's already won two national championships in the SEC and he won one in the Big Ten, I think Urban Meyer would be a great fit for Alabama.
0: Winning-wise, yes, Bill, and appreciate the call. Um, I would agree. I think the baggage he brings is why he's not going to be hired. Urban Meyer, I don't think, is coaching again in college football, but definitely not at Alabama. I just think when you look at his history, he's won a lot, yes, but he's also left every program he's been at in shambles at some point. Or, or national embarrassment. He left Ohio State in a good standing, but left them just – picking up the pieces, and it was embarrassing for the university. I don't think Alabama, with how they've won and won the right way, I don't think they're signing up to bring scandal-ridden Urban Meyer to town, even though he'll win, no doubt. I don't think they're going to sign up, though, for the headaches. I think, for me, number one on their list is Dan Lanning. Um, number two, for me at least, would be Kalen DeBoer. That'll do it for this edition of the JR Sport Brief Show. Ryanicky I and Don't go anywhere. Bart Winkler is up next. If you're a big JR fan, not to fret. He's back tomorrow. Don't you worry. A big thank you to Jack Stern doing a great job producing tonight. A big thank you for making us a part of your Wednesday. It's been Ryan Hickey. Have a great rest of your night. You've been listening to CBS Sports Radio.